it's not merely for a blind as regards ourselves now but if they see that you are very fond of all sorts of gaieties they will see that you are they will understand there was no need for her to complete the sentence colville rose come come my dear child he said why don't you end all this at once i don't blame you heaven knows i blame no one but myself i ought to have the strength to break away from this mistake but i haven't i couldn't bear to see you suffer from pain that i should give you even for your good but do it yourself imogene and for pity's sake don't forbear from any notion of sparing me i have no wish except for your happiness and now i tell you clearly that no appearance we can put on before the world will deceive the world at the end of all our trouble i shall still be forty she sprang to him and put her hand over his mouth i know what you're going to say and i won't let you say it for you've promised over and over again not to speak of that any more oh do you think i care for the world or what it will think or say yes very much that shows how little you understand me it's because i wish to defy the world imogene be as honest with yourself as you are with me i am honest look me in the eyes then she did so for an instant and then hid her face on his shoulder you silly girl he said what is it you really do wish i wish there was no one in the world but you and me ah you'd find it very crowded at times said colville sadly well well he added i'll go to your fandangos because you want me to go that's all i wished you to say she replied lifting her head and looking him radiantly in the face i don't want you to go at all i only want you to promise that you'll come here every night that you're invited out and read to mrs bowen and me oh i can't do that said colville i'm too fond of society for example i've been invited to an egyptian fancy ball and i couldn't think of giving that up oh how delightful you are they couldn't any of them talk like you he had learned to follow the processes of her thought now perhaps they can when they come to my age there she exclaimed putting her hand on his mouth again to remind him of another broken promise why can't you give up the egyptian ball because i expect to meet a young lady there a very beautiful young lady but how shall you know her if she is disguised why i shall be disguised too you know oh what delicious nonsense you do talk sit down here and tell me what you are going to wear she tried to pull him back to the sofa what character shall you go in no no he said resisting the gentle traction i can't i have urgent business downtown oh business in florence well if i stayed i should tell you what disguise i'm going to the ball in i knew it was that what do you think would be a good character for me i don't know the serpent of old nile would be pretty good for you oh i know you don't think that she cried fondly she had now let him take her hand and he stood holding it at arm's length effie bowen came into the room good-bye said imogene with an instant assumption of society manner good-bye said colville and went out oh mr colville she called before he got to the outer door 
Yes, he said, starting back. She met him midway of the dim corridor. Only two, she put her arms about his neck and sweetly kissed him. Colville went out into the sunlight, feeling like some strange, newly invented kind of scoundrel, a rascal of such recent origin and introduction that he had not yet had time to classify himself and ascertain the exact degree of his turpitude. The task employed his thoughts all that day, and kept him vibrating between an instinctive conviction of monstrous wickedness and a logical and well-reasoned perception that he had all the facts and materials for a perfectly good conscience. He was the betrothed lover of this poor child, whose affection he could not check without a degree of brutality for which only a better man would have the courage. When he thought of perhaps refusing her caresses, he imagined the shock it would give her, and the look of grief and mystification that would come into her eyes and he found himself incapable of that cruel rectitude. He knew that these were the impulses of a white and loving soul. But at the end of all his argument they remained a terror to him, so that he lacked nothing but the will to fly from Florence and shun her altogether till she had heard from her family. This, he recalled with bitter self-reproach, was what had been his first inspiration, he had spoken of it to Mrs. Bowen, and it had still everything in its favour, except that it was impossible. Imogene returned to the salato, where the little girl was standing with her face to the window, drearily looking out. Her back expressed an inner desolation, which revealed itself in her eyes when Imogene caught her head between her hands and tilted up her face to kiss it. "'What is the matter, Effie?' she demanded gaily. "'Nothing.' "'Oh, yes, there is. "'Nothing that you will care for. "'As long as he's pleasant to you, "'you don't care what he does to me. "'What has he done to you?' "'He didn't take the slightest notice of me "'when I came into the room. "'He didn't speak to me or even look at me.' "'Imogene caught the little grieving, "'quivering face to her breast.' He is a wicked, wicked wretch, and I will give him the awfulest scolding he ever had when he comes here again. I will teach him to neglect my pet. I will let him understand that if he doesn't notice you, he needn't notice me. I will tell you, Effie, I've just thought of a way. The next time he comes, we will both receive him. We will sit up very stiffly on the sofa together, and just answer, yes, no, yes, no to everything he says till he begins to take the hint and learns how to behave himself will you a smile glittered through the little girl's tears but she asked do you think it would be very polite no matter polite or not it's what he deserves of course as soon as he begins to take the hint we will be just as we always are imogene dispatched a note which colville got the next morning to tell him of his crime and apprise him of his punishment, and of the sweet compunction that had pleaded for him in the breast of the child. If he did not think he could help play the comedy through, he must come prepared to offer Effie some sort of atonement. It was easy to do this, to come with his pockets full of presents, and take the little girl on his lap, and pour out all his troubled heart in the caresses and tendernesses which would bring him no remorse. He humbled himself to her thoroughly, 
and with a strange sincerity in the harmless duplicity, and promised, if she would take him back into favour, that he would never offend again. Mrs. Bowen had sent word that she was not well enough to see him. She had another of her headaches. And he sent back a sympathetic and respectful message by Effie, who stood thoughtfully at her mother's pillow after she had delivered it, fingering the bouquet Colville had brought her, and putting her head first on this side and then on that to admire it. "'I think Mr. Colville and Imogene are much more affectionate than they used to be,' she said. Mrs. Bowen started up on her elbow. "'What do you mean, Effie?' "'Oh, they're both so good to me.' "'Yes,' said her mother, dropping back to her pillow. "'Both?' "'Yes, he's the most affectionate.' The mother turned her face the other way. "'Then he must be,' she murmured. "'What?' asked the child. "'Nothing. I didn't know I spoke.' The little girl stood a while, still playing with her flowers. "'I think Mr. Colville is about the pleasantest gentleman that comes here. Don't you, Mamma? "'Yes.' "'He's so interesting and says such nice things. I don't know whether children ought to think of such things. But I wish I was going to marry someone like Mr. Colville. Of course I should want to be tolerably old if I did. How old do you think a person ought to be to marry him?' "'You mustn't talk of such things, Effie,' said her mother. "'No, I suppose it isn't very nice.' She picked out a bud in her bouquet and kissed it. Then she held the nosegay at arm's length before her, and danced away with it. End of chapter 16 of Indian Summer by William Dean Howells Recording by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio